Welcome back to season three of the Chapters of Grace podcast. We are so excited for this new season. We have so many friends that are going to come along and share their stories of grace, and we're just so excited about that. Um, But we actually have a really big surprise for everybody today. Um, Heather and I have um, invited Blair, who is here with us today, as our additional co-host. So now we are a trio. Hi, Blair. And we thought it would be the perfect way to kick off the new season of you joining us as a co-host to kind of take a minute to tell people about yourself. And we're going to jump into your your first chapter, your grace story. So Blair, take it away. Oh my goodness. I'm so nervous, but I'm very excited to we're be so here. so excited. Yes. I'm excited too. I love this podcast with my whole heart. Yes. Mainly because I love you both so much. <laughs> Blair's a huge supporter. She shares she and oh, yeah. likes her posts on Facebook. Yeah, she's our hype girl. <laughs> and she's a killer social media girl. Yes, she is. <laughs> if you've seen our posts recently, that's been Blair. She's if you're taken like, over, wow, they post so much now. Yeah. It's Blair. <laughs> this is awesome. all Blair. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to be here. And so... My story is very similar to y'all's in that I did grow up in a Christian home um, with two very loving parents. Um, Both of my parents served in our church growing up. We actually grew up, I grew up in a Spanish church. It was a bilingual church. And so, (laughs) and so my dad was on the worship team and he translated, but then he eventually got ordained and was the associate pa- one of the associate pastors and so but at this particular church um we did not have a children's or youth ministry mm-hmm. uh that was like consistent like we'd have people come join our church and then they would just throw them in as youth leaders or children's leaders ministry leaders and um then they would fizzle out within months because that's not what they were really called to do. And so that was really hard because my cousin, um, both of my cousins were actually in our pastor's youth group and I saw what a youth group could look like. And I was like, man, I really wish we had that. Um, but, um, when I was, I think I was like six years old, I had a great aunt die and um she was so she was amazing and she loved the lord and i remember going to my mom and saying mom like i'm so sad i don't want to not ever see her again and my mom then shared the message of salvation and she just said you're going to be able to see her if you accept jesus into your heart and so i prayed the sinner's prayer at 6 wow and um from then um yeah, we were heavily involved in the church that we were attending, but the pastor really started getting into some messed up teachings, and we just experienced a lot of things that were just not biblical. We were just not feeling the Lord in it, and so um, when I was in high school, my dad and mom decided we were leaving as a family. That's tough. Yeah. When you yeah. grow up in a church your whole life, to yeah, that's yeah. really hard. Yeah, I was there for 15 years of my life, so it was like all the people I had ever known, mm-hmm. the youth that I had ever known, that was really hard. But 
I was very excited Mm -hmm. to leave. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we kind of were nomads. I remember my dad being like, we're just going to take time and we're going to Sabbath as a family. And it was around Christmas. And so we visited different churches in the area. And um, then we got the call of the Lord to help start a church. And um, what's interesting is my dad, when he said, you know, when he sat my brother and I with my mom down, sat us all down and said, I think we're going to do this with this other family. And he reminded us of the time when I think I was like eight, eight or nine, maybe even 10. The Lord called all of us as a family. He didn't, and the Lord said, I'm not calling one, I'm not calling two, but all four of you. And he said, I'm not going to do this unless all four of us agree that we're going to do this together as a family. What a good, like, leader of the family, too. Yeah. You guys know my dad. He yes. Is, he's the best. He is the best. <laughs> good old Papa. Papa Louie's the best. He is. And so, um, after that, I think I was 16 when we officially started the church. And by then, my brother really, like, I think he had an encounter with the Lord, and he was really living whatever he was talking about at church. He was living it. Yeah. He, I saw him at high school in our high school. I saw him, you know, out on the streets, all this stuff. And he was really the first teenager that I saw truly living for the Lord. And it wasn't just a half in, half out, mm-hmm. hot, cold kind of a thing. It was like he was doing it. And then he became the youth pastor at our church um, that we were starting up. And I remember just kind of being like, okay, like my dad has his calling. My mom is kind of in a more of a support role um, for my dad. And then my brother has his calling. So like I always wondered what was mine. Yeah. And I didn't really worry about it because I was in high school. And then when I turned 18, my brother said, hey, let's go to this conference in Alabama. And I was like, okay. And by then, I remember I started having certain encounters with the Lord where he was no longer just my parents' God. Mm -hmm. He started to become my own. Yeah. Like, um, it was just, I don't know, like the message of who Jesus was was starting to become very personal to me. And, but it still, I just still was like a high school girl. Mm -hmm. So... We went to this conference, and the first night, the guy preaching was talking about not being a hypocrite, and um, he was talking about how if you are living with one foot in the world and one foot at church, you're a, you're being a hypocrite, and the Lord is calling you to righteousness, and today is the day like of repentance and of coming fully into your identity of, of who God has called you to be. And that message wrecked me because that's what I was doing. I was living one foot, you know, at school. I acted however I wanted. I, you know, did what my friends did, talked how my friends talked. But at church, I was lifting my hands and I was saying hallelujah and amen and all that stuff. And it all came down to I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus because he was not personal to me. Mm -hmm. He'd always been my mom and dad's 
God. Mm-hmm. You know, it always been my parents' faith, not my own faith. And so it was um, like the middle of January in 2010, and that's when I had a radical encounter with the Lord and was just overwhelmed by His presence, and I was never the same after that. And so um, between 18 and 19, I guess I admitted to my pastor that I have a voice and I can sing, and so when she found that out, she immediately put me on the worship team. <laughs> we can attest that she does indeed have a voice. She, she can in, indeed sing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then my brother was like, hey, why don't you do like the worship for the youth? Because at the time, he was fully in the youth pastor position. And so um, we kind of, that's really the first time that I was like, oh. I love this. Like, I love worship. I love all that it entails. You know, the idea that when we get to heaven, that's all we're going to do. Night and day, day and night is just worship. Mm -hmm. That, like, was everything to me. And so I fully, like, walked in that. Um, But I did not have the confidence Um, So I hid a lot behind my brother and then I hid behind his wife because his wife, um, she was a powerhouse in our church and, um, you know, walking fully in that, like, it still felt like, yes, I want to do, like, I, I had a lot of, I want to step out and I want to sing more and I want to do things more on my own, but... I just wasn't confident, and um, it wasn't until in 2015 I moved to small town Alabama, attended ministry school. I went for worship, was taught a lot of valuable things, Mm -hmm. but I got married to Bryce, and then I adopted the calling quote-unquote as a wife as my ministry that's my first ministry that's where I'm gonna settle in that's where I'm gonna get comfortable that's where like that's it I'm a I'm a wife and that's my calling and that mixed with not having opportunities to be on a worship team um I think really stifled me in a sense Maybe even, um, I don't even know what the word is, just killed my confidence, Mm -hmm. really. Um, And I remember the first Sunday that we came to Faith Renewed, I looked at the worship team and I was like, I could never, I could never Never. Yeah, that blows my mind, though. Same. After seeing you, like, this, we're recording this on a Sunday, and so I had the honor to watch her lead us into worship this morning, and just to think about that. I'm sorry, you mean tear the house down? Yeah. Well, absolutely (laughs) blows my mind. Oh my gosh, no. Well, and see, that's been, that's been a journey. Mm -hmm. To get to where I am today, it's been a lot of... It's been a 100% Holy Spirit because yeah. on my own, I could not. Yeah. I could never have, even this morning, the things that I was just feeling and just was releasing on my own, I could never. But I 
remember thinking at one point, it was actually right before we moved here. Um, I remember thinking like, God, am I ever going to, am I ever going to sing again? Am I ever going to be even just a part of the, a team? I loved being a part of just a worship team. I didn't need to be leading a song or being the worship leader. I didn't need that, but just being a part of a team again. And when I moved here, he just really started breaking down walls and breaking down comfort because I love to just hide behind I'm a wife and I'm a mom and I'm going to sit here and just be a wife and a mom. And, you know, at some point you really have to understand that in your walk with the Lord, there's a purpose. He created you for a purpose. And it's your responsibility to take up that purpose and walk it out. It's it's not that easy. There's a lot of kicking and screaming. I'm sure Heather can... Yes, very much attest to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But to see the fullness of where we are today and getting... Like my husband texted me today and was like, I just love your heart of worship. And it makes me cry because (laughs) before we moved here and before I joined the team, he had never fully heard my voice. Wow. Wow. He'd never, he didn't know that I could sing like that. He didn't know that I could lead like that. He didn't know. He didn't know because I just hid behind. I'm a wife. That's what God is calling me to. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of, thinking back and you guys actually helped me to realize that um, I lived in small town Alabama for almost six years and I heard a word of a word from the Lord telling me to move out there to go to ministry school and within my first year of living out there and being in ministry school I met dated got engaged and got married to my husband Bryce within a year. Wow. (laughs) It was very fast. Um, Hey, when you know, you know, right? It's yeah. When you know, you know. Um, and that was, I remember when I moved out there, I thought this is the pinnacle of the will of God for my life. Like I am fully in the will of God for my life. Like there is, we're going from glory to glory every single day. Mm -hmm. It's going to be amazing. Like my expectations were through the roof. And what I got met with was five years of a spiritual drought because I was not walking in my purpose and in my calling. And that hurts. Mm -hmm. That hurts. And it, is part of um partly I wasn't given the opportunity but partly what did I do with that time like just because I wasn't given a platform like I didn't have to let it get that way and like I do take a lot of self-responsibility because God is God he is faithful and I can look back over my time in Alabama and see his hand and see the grace of God over my life. And there were times where I remember crying out to God and saying, 
like why 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 don't I feel you why don't I hear you why don't why it went from being on my face in my room before I moved for hours crying out to the Lord and just his presence resting on me in my room to nothing consistently nothing and I even you know after we got after Bryce and I got married he was feeling the same way Mm -hmm. um and we just were like what is it what is going on and um you know we just still pushed through we still read our read the word we still prayed we still we still did what we knew and we knew at the end of the day God is there and he is good and he is faithful and he has not left us. We are not alone. Um, and then when I think it was September of 2020 um, was the first time we heard the Lord start stirring in us about moving here. It was like something unlocked, yeah. honestly. And it was the first time that like, You know when you're just in conversation with people and you just feel the Lord on something? Mm -hmm. That was like the first time in so long that I started feeling that feeling again. And um, I remember a friend of mine was like, I was telling her like, yeah, we're talking about maybe moving back to South Carolina and all this stuff. And she was like, whoa, I feel the glory right now. And I was like... Yes, that is what it is, right? Like the goosebumps, the the like, man, there's something, that electricity, something's on that. And um, so the more we just prepared for that and the more like the Lord was just confirming, confirming, confirming in prayer through Bryce and I and through different people, the more we were like, I remember Bryce saying, this is, this is Israelites, leaving Egypt, going into the promised land is what this is going to be. And so um, we fought a lot of opposition, a lot of, um, when you're selling a house in small town Alabama, it's just, (laughs) it's not for the faint of heart. We went through four contracts on our house. Um, The second to last one, no, the one right before we actually closed we were like, it was like closing day and the buyer backed out and it was just like disappointment after disappointment. And I do remember telling Bryce, like we heard wrong. The Lord didn't tell us that we're moving. If we're having to fight this hard, it's not the will of God for our lives. And he's like, hold on, hold on. And so, um, we finally sold our house and we moved and I remember crying. It's a six hour drive. I remember crying the first like two and a half hours because I didn't want to leave. And I was so scared, so scared of like, what if it fails? What if the church, this, what if uh, people don't like us? What if, you know, just things as humans we think. And I remember the peace of the Lord just flooding the car because, and just, I remember hearing him say, I've caught this. I've got this. Just wait and see. I've got this. And um, so we move. And our first Sunday at Faith Renewed was the wonderful Sunday where like over 40 people got baptized. That was the Sunday? That was, first? That was my first wow. Sunday. Wow. 
That was the Sunday you both got baptized. Yeah. Yes, we did both get baptized. <laughs> That's crazy. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of spontaneous baptisms there that was, day. There was, I think, 27 in one service. It was. It was crazy. Yeah. Wow, what a Sunday to, to like, join. Yeah. To, yeah. Hop, to hop in and be a part of the family right. on that day. I think Bryce and I looked at each other and we were like, we're home. This we're is home. it. We're home. That's so cool. I love but that. I definitely remember thinking, like, looking at the worship team, especially because it was a baptism Sunday. Yeah. Right. And, and they played for two and a half it hours. Was crazy. It yeah. was wild. I just remember thinking, I could never. Uh-huh. Most of the worship team got baptized that day, too. They yeah. Were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah. And then, um, I think that goes to show though, you know, because the people that see you and see you, you know, leading worship at our church now, Mm -hmm. I would never in a million years look at how you lead worship and think that you ever thought I could never do that because I look at you and I think, I could never do that. Same. Like you have such a strong anointing and not just like your anointing that shows, but your heart shows. Like even Bryce saying, I love your heart for worship. I know that he sees that as your husband, but you really do pour your heart out in worship. And so I think when you are walking out what God has called you to do, you feel it. Like, Like you said, like you came out of that drought and it's so important to know what God's calling you to. Yeah. And I'm... Lord, thank you for just calling them here because what would <laughs> yes. we do without them? I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I really don't know. Like you've changed. We didn't know it, but there was a Blair-shaped hole in the worship team. Mm-hmm. Yes. And 100%. you like fit into that puzzle. You that know what I mean? makes me want to like crawl back into my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it's, it's just so cool to see that, that process of you joining the team and really walking out in, in those gifts and in those anointings that God's given you. And I mean, you and Heather both, I mean, you guys, you guys just have such a power, the whole worship team. I mean, you guys just have such a strong anointing on all of you. And I mean, Heather's over here probably making a face because she, (laughs) she doesn't like to take my compliments, but you guys do. And and we I think we've had this conversation before though. Like it's so important to serve in the areas that you're mm-hmm. supposed to because you will get burnt out. Yeah. Yes. You will, you know, you might feel that drought. You it's just you can tell when someone's not operating in yeah. the the place that God's called them to. Yeah. And there's such a pull when you when you step back and you, like you said, you didn't have an opportunity to serve and you yeah. didn't have these opportunities. I know your heart probably like cried for that because yeah, like yeah. when God places that in you, like it's such a pull yeah. to come back to that because that's ultimately what the father's created us for, for his purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, with that, just like whoever's listening to this and is, this is like resounding in your heart and you're going through this just don't settle. Yeah. Don't settle. Yes, your calling, your first ministry is your family, but God has so much more for you and for there are souls out there. And I just think like it makes me cry every single time, but I just think about Heather. She leads a women's group mm-hmm. and we're actually going to her house tomorrow night and shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> 
and um, gathering, just women gathering and just doing life and sharing life together. And that alone has changed my life. Just her simple obedience Mm -hmm. has completely changed my life. And I... I don't think that I would be able to be on the team and have, I don't think I would have even fully walked out if I didn't have that. Like that was honestly the first experience outside of the church that I had with Faith Renewed was Heather's house, just women getting together. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just thought, man, doing life with these people is really great. Don't mind us. We're all oblivering this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But hearing her talk about stepping out in the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and doing something that feels, even probably still to this day, feels so intimidating. Mm -hmm. It's just like, if she can do it, I can do it. She has this calling and she's doing it. Like she's doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's just part of the community empowerment. I feel in our community at Faith Renewed. Um, And so I, it was random, a random Wednesday. I think I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell Adam that I'm going to join the worship team. I think my husband was even like, "Oh, you're you're going to you're actually going to talk to him." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I think I'm just going to do. I think I'm just going to like rip the band-aid off and I'm just going to talk to him." <laughs> and so, um, I did. I talked to Adam and auditioned and that was that was something. I've auditioned before. That was part of the ministry school that I went to. I had to audition in front of the whole worship student body and all of the teachers, all of the musicians, and that you want to talk about wanting to throw up. <laughs> yeah, my stomach just dropped actually hearing you talk about <laughs> you doing that. So. <laughs> that was awful. Um, but thankfully, he pulled me aside on a Wednesday and was like, hey, let's just go to my office and I'm going to get the guitar and like we'll just audition in there. So it was like me, him, and his wife, Kelly, and um, we just kind of did that in his office and he was like cool yeah we're good and so I was like oh now I have to deliver now I have to actually do this but being on the team man that's really has brought me back into because you can't just be on a worship team and be complacent and be Mm -hmm. you have to be stirred up you have to be ready for whatever the spirit's going to do. And that comes with a heavenly responsibility and Mm -hmm. there's a responsibility to pray and to stay prayed up and to have your ears open and listening and hearing what the Lord is saying and doing. And, um, so I was on the team for 11 months and Heather rounded a bunch of women up and we went to Chattanooga for a women's conference. Yeah, we did. And you'll probably hear future guests bring up this particular conference. Yeah. 
um, because that has changed a lot of our lives. Um, And I feel like that, I know for a fact, what I experienced at that conference was a lot of full circle stuff. But one thing that I experienced was I felt the drought, like any remnants of the drought completely lift and just it was like it, they just poof yeah. vanished yeah um sarah jokes yeah i was just about to say <laughs> we the the conference started and i think it was just the countdown on the screen like i think it was nothing <laughs> happened yet no worship started <laughs> and i look over and blair is just boohooing <laughs> and she's like i'm already crying i'm, I'm already crying and yeah. so i love to tell that story because it was like immediately she was just i so tried to tell them i tried to tell them before i took them that this yeah, place was, I was different not ready and that yeah. it was going they were going to leave changed yeah i was not ready yeah i and i've experienced some conferences but that conference oh my gosh yeah and there was um i think it started on a thursday night yeah and so that was it that friday morning there was this altar call and I genuinely, I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I genuinely don't even remember. I just remember my feet were moving. Blacked out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I completely blacked out. And I remember standing because they had these lines, these tape lines on the floor. The blue tape. Blue tape. Yes. There were were 2,000 women at this conference. This was no small conference. It was. I mean, I've never even been to a conference, so I've never, I didn't even know what to expect, but I don't think I'll ever be able to go to another conference and see what I saw. So when they would give an altar call, they'd say, get on the blue line. Get on the tape. Get on the tape. Get on the line. Um, And so we would, I got on the line and I remember nobody was around me. Nobody was praying for me. Whatever. I don't know. I don't genuinely don't remember what the call was for. I just answered it and I was standing on that line and I was immediately hit with just these this electricity like I was shaking under the power of the Lord and like just fell to my knees nobody prayed for me or anything and just fell to my knees and I just just this almost like a grieving happened like grieving the lost time but was also like man this overwhelming feeling was exactly this feeling I felt the very first time I encountered the presence of the Lord. And that that has forever changed my life. Like, I can never go back to... I don't even remember who or how I felt before that moment. And um, I got off... I was scraped off the floor, really, more than anything. Um and I just remember feeling so light and so just, I don't even know, just I I could go run the 5K that I could not run the night before because yeah. we had to run we the 5K. We walked. Yeah. Sarah walked. and I walked. Heather killed it. <laughs> Heather ran. She did. We, she did we watched job. our friends run past and we were like, yeah, girl, go ahead. You do that. We're going to keep walking. And so... um I don't know, ever since then, Heather and I were talking about this, it just seems like there's a shift. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, I'm just, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm here for it, whatever the Lord wants to do. What's cool too is um, 
so the conference had a theme naturally you have to have a theme but um it was the swirl and they talked a lot about how um you know that moment that we were going to see you know the ripple effects just like in a swirl like it was just going to continue and I don't know just sitting here like I thought about that and that's kind of what's happening now you know where we we're like seeing the ripple effects within our church and in our friendship and now it's um you know rippling into this podcast and it's just so cool to see that and we're going to continue to see that swirl keep moving you know that God it wasn't just an emotional moment it was true Changed. The Lord was truly transforming us. Um, it wasn't just a, a momentary thing that was going to fade. And um, I mean, we have a group chat to prove that these women yeah. are consistent, yeah. and they, you know, it's kind of bonded that group together. Yeah. And the swirl um, of acceleration, I think, is what they yeah. called it. Yeah. Yes. And we're seeing, like you said, we're seeing acceleration in the spirit. It's just amazing to watch it all unfold. Yes, I can't wait to go back. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and take lots more people with us and how many was how many do we think? Right now we're at thirty, so and we haven't even announced it. So if you're at Faith Renewed and you're a listener, you're a lady. We're gonna come, have to rent like <laughs> like a transfer truck and like <laughs> put like, like charter bus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> charter bus. That would be awesome actually, but yeah. those are my dreams. To get it. That would be just so fun to all ride on a charter bus. It would be like when you go on the field trips at school. Yeah. So like long distance play. I just, I think that would be so fun. <laughs> it'd be the best. It'd be the best. I think, um, you know, kind of just flowing from the, the topic of the conference, it is so important, especially if you do feel like you don't exactly know what God's calling you to, or you're in a drought, or you're in a season of waiting, whatever that looks like. It's so important to have people around you and have community. Um, I I know early on in our marriage, we did not have community, mm-hmm. and it was catastrophic. Yeah. Um, not having people surround you and pray for, with you and pray you through things, and that is, it, it's so understated in the church, I think, a lot of times, and it wasn't until you know, we came to Faith Renewed and we actually experienced true community that I realized, oh, th- this is this is something we've been missing. This is a key component to walking, you know, our purpose and our faith out with Jesus because Jesus had community. He had people that prayed with him and walked with him and ministered with him. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I think that's such an important part of, you know, it's how we all came together, you know. Heather opening up her home and mm-hmm. creating, you know, that atmosphere for women. There's so many awesome small groups. You lead a marriage group mm-hmm. at yeah. our church, and you open up your home to people and give them that sense of community. And you lead yes. a marriage group. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta hide behind my mic here. <laughs> but it's so, it's so important, and so um, I just want to encourage anyone listening: just find people to walk with you, to pray with you. If you're in a season of drought, if you're in a season of waiting, mm-hmm. um, to just find people that will be there and yeah. wipe your tears. I can I can say with full confidence that um, our community at church, and especially you two, have pulled me up from the floor <laughs> a few times. Um, it's just so, it's so, so important. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like through that, you'll find the place in ministry where you're needed and where you thrive yeah. the most. Yeah. And so that's also part of why it's so important is because we, you know, our communities, they don't just run on their own. Like everyone contributes something to help it be a full functioning community. Everybody has an anointing and a calling that they, that is specific to them that God has placed on them. Yes. No matter how small, Mm -hmm. how, how big, it's all really, really, really important. Yeah. So find yours. Yeah. Well, Blair, thanks for sharing today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I guess I'm staying. Yeah, yeah you don't, yeah, you don't get anywhere. to leave. So <laughs> you're stuck now. But thank you for sharing today. And I'm so excited for this this kickoff of season three yes. that we get to have you here. And we, we have some friends lined up that um, are going to come and talk. And I'm just really, really excited for them to share their story. We hope that you will keep listening on our third season of Chapters of Grace. Thanks for listening.